This is Writers in Tech, a podcast where today's top content strategists, UX writers, and content designers share their well-kept industry secrets. All right. Hello and welcome to Writers in Tech, a podcast brought to you by uh, the UX Writing Hub, which is our platform for UX writers and content designers, content strategists. And today we have a very special guest, David Zisner. Uh, is actually my uh, mentor for everything related to marketing automations. Uh, and today we're going to talk about the no-code revolution, how we can enhance our um, online um, experiences using copy and using automations. Uh, David Zisner is the CEO of, um, of Landolini Solutions, which is a really, really unique and cool agency that uh, on one hand is an educational platform that educate people like me about marketing and automations. But on the other hand, they're working with clients to um, build their own no-code automations using tools like Zapier, Introgramat, uh, Pipedrive, and many other SaaS platforms. So, uh, hey, David, how are you? Hi, Val. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, you know, having a quarantine again here in Israel. You know it. You're from Israel as well. Yeah, yeah. I went uh, cycling this morning. You know, I, I got out. I did my thing. And I'm now I'm back at the office, uh, my, at the home office uh, and, and sitting in front of the computer, which is mostly how, how we spend our days since COVID started. Mm-hmm. You always had the home office, though, like even before COVID. Well, before COVID, we had we no, we actually had an office um, in the city where I live in Ranana, in the industrial mm-hmm. area. We had a we had an office. Um, mm, they had but, a co-working space over there, right? Yeah, there's a, there's several co-working spaces there, and we and we had an office in one of them, and uh, it was pretty cool. And and we had it for several years, but when COVID started, we just realized that hey, everyone's working from home anyway. Um, we're we're doing stand-up meetings in Zoom. Uh, just catching up every day on what everyone's doing, um, and and so so we kind of made a, a home office that that, that I, I work in and that my team can also come to once a day, which is what we started doing ever since uh, the quarantine ended. It restart it started again here in Israel, but when it ended, um, we just had the uh, I, I just had a, a, a home office here where the entire team came for like one two days a week. Um, mm-hmm. And the rest of the time, everyone's just working from home, doing Zoom, doing email, doing WhatsApp, and uh, and getting along. So uh, I, I don't I don't think we'll we'll go back to to the previous office, but who knows what will happen in a year? You know, who knows? Who knows? What is no code? What is no code? What is and and why automations? Well, it's uh, these are actually very two good questions. Um, I'll start with the first one. No code for me is a way for people who are not necessarily technical people. They can be marketers, they can be salespeople, they can be office managers um, to build something, build something that they usually SaaS, that usually works uh, online without knowing how to program, knowing the in and outs of code, knowing syntax, knowing different programming language. But they can actually take several uh, existing platforms and build something on top of them that makes their life, makes their work, makes their company better. Um, but uh, the secret is them uh, being able to do that without being programmers, without studying programming, without being technical people. Um, I, I, uh, I come from, from, uh, from an engineering background um, and I did a lot of software development. I did a lot of, and what attracted me way back in 2014 to the automation world 
um, and the no-code world is really the ability to, to, to make something uh, accessible to everyone. Um, and I think it, that, that is the big no-code revolution. I don't think the, the, the no-code revolution is a technical one. I think it's an, uh, it's an idea revolution. Because once you take something that only a handful, and by handful that can be a million people, right? Um, across the world can do when they're programmers and, they're, and they can do that. But once you make that accessible to 100 million people, which are marketers and business owners and office managers and, and sales managers, uh, something amazing happens um, b- because you start getting ideas that you would never had if, you, if only the handful of people who are able to do this, this integration, this uh, uh, development of systems uh, on existing platforms could do. Because API integration um, is not a new thing. API integration always existed. Um, but I think making API integration accessible to everyone, making it, uh, uh, um, making it fun for people who don't like reading API protocols and, and uh, reference manuals, uh, making it fun for them to say, hey, I got in the morning, I had an idea, now I can uh, connect my face, the lead that I get from Facebook Lead Manager to WhatsApp and automatically send a message. I can automatically upload them to the CRM and they'll immediately get a phone call and send them an email to schedule a meeting with me. And all that's done without knowing, without writing a single line of code. I think that's that's, that's a real revolution. Um, your second question was, what is automation? I think automation is taking some, is, is basically taking stuff that you don't want to do or you don't want your company to do, you don't want your team to do and getting it to happen anyway. So uh, a lot of people don't like, I'll go back to, to a marketing example, you know, uh, downloading CSV files from, uh, uh, f- of the leads that they get from Facebook or, or the landing page and uploading that to the CRM. No one likes doing that basically, right? But automation makes it possible for it to happen in real time with only a one-time investment of, of, of work, of, uh, of, uh, of, of thinking of what do we want to do. So really automation is taking the parts of the business you don't want to do, but are, cru- uh, are uh, uh, crucial for the business to run and getting them to happen anyway. I think that's my best uh, no-code description of automation. Amazing. And uh, the amount of opportunities here is almost, uh, it's hard to grasp how many opportunities. It's even overwhelming, you know, like many people, including me at the beginning, I was looking at the, all of the possibilities out there and I was so overwhelmed with, okay, so until today in tech, since like the 60s or the 50s even, we had to have extremely technical people to do very basic technical stuff. Like even, I remember when I was like a kid in the 90s, if we wanted to download a game to our computer, we had to write like command lines <laughs> uh, just to do stuff like that. And... <laughs> Now you don't have to write a single command line to make stuff happen. And that's crazy. So for the non-coders, non-technical people out there, what would you say are the most basic yet common automations that you know of? Well, um, it really depends on what your job is, right? So I can answer that differently if I'm, if I'm a marketing manager. And I can answer that differently if I'm an office manager or if I'm a sales mm-hmm. manager. Um, but I think that doing the, uh, I, I have a basic law of automation. All my students know it. When, when, um, um, 
when you see that you're about to do something for the second time, when you're saying, hey, I'm going to do this thing that I did last week, stop and think. And it might be worthwhile for you to invest 4x the time it takes you to complete the task in automating it. Because you, you can say, what? Well, I can do that in 30 minutes. Why would I invest two hours in uh, automating it? But um, if, if you remember that if there's something you're doing for the second time, you might also find yourself be doing it for the third and fourth or the fifth time. And if you're inv investing 4x the time, starting the fifth time that, that you will be doing it, and it can be the same day, next day, next week, next month, uh, you're at a positive ROI on investing the time and, and perhaps the money in automation. Um, so it's really the, the, co the most common automations is the stuff that, uh, that, that the repetitive tasks that none of us, none of us like doing. Um, so I can say, for example, from a marketing standpoint, for example, it could be, um, um, you know, uh, uh, doing a cart abandonment email, uh, email series, right? Because let's say you have an online store or just a landing page where you're selling something. Um, and, and you have, uh, you know, let's say you're doing great. And one out of four people completes a purchase. You have another three that you want to, you want to, um, um, Try, try to get them back on and, and, and complete the purchase. So cart abandonment is something you want because you always uh, have more uh, cart abandoners than, than cart completers. Um, so this is definitely from a marketing standpoint, something you, you, you want to invest in. If you're in sales, um, try thinking of how can I automate uh, a lot of the follow-up or, or the quote creation procedures, right? So if I'm a salesperson, I have to create a quote and I hate doing that because it's, copying a word document, changing the name and changing the price and, and sending it to the client with a few kind words. Why don't I automate that with, with my CRM? Have everything there and the click of a button, just automate the, the sending of the, uh, of the quotes and proposals because um, the more quotes you send out, the more uh, it's called RTC reason to call. The more reasons you have to call the client and say, hey, have you gone over the quote? Do you understand it? Do you have any questions? And, and the more sales you close. So this is something that starts from a technical uh, standpoint, but it really is uh, uh, helps increase sales because you're doing more more calls, but you're automating the the great roadblock in it, which is creating the quotes, which is something that all of us hate doing. One hundred percent, and I'm sure that all of us can, uh, all of the people in the audience can think about those repetitive tasks that they need to automate. It will just it will just hit you one day because I remember I was uh, I had Zapier for like one year and I didn't knew how to use it. By the way, Zapier is a tool that you can use to. It's one of the tools that you can use to automate uh, your stuff. Uh, we had Co uh, Lena Co, the content designer, in one of our last episodes. So you can listen to that one as well. And um, I remember it just hit me one day. Very simple stuff like um, updating people that booking a meeting on Calendly, which is a booking a meeting tool on our CRM, just so we will know that they booked a call. So that kind of stuff. It starts yeah. with like one one task, but then like the rabbit hole goes way, way, way down. And then you have those tasks when someone signed up um, through one platform and then you send them to another platform and then you get, you send them an invite on Zoom. So you can do all kinds of really crazy things. I can actually, uh, if, if it's if it's uh, interesting, I can actually tell you that when I started in automation in 2014, I was a one-trick pony, right? So I just, uh, my background is that I I had a company that that gave 
professional services to high tech companies. Uh, we were developing uh, tools for for uh, for R and D and and Q and Q and A and Q A departments. Um, but I saw my wife was a small business owner. She had a photography studio that was, that was starting to boom, and um, and I I saw that, that she's doing a lot of manual work with her. Uh, she was working with, with one of the leading Israeli autoresponder tools, uh, and she was wor- do, doing webinars and stuff. And I saw that she was copying the leads from here to there, and there were a lot of manual work because as part of her marketing. And I discovered Zapier at that time. Just a friend told me about this thing, and I saw that I had a developer platform. I said, hey, this the Israel resp- autoresponder software has an API. I can develop an app here. And I did that. And I started just doing it for her, just connecting um, basically connecting the autoresponder to go to webinar, so people don't have to double to register twice, and increases the, the the number of of registering the participants. Um, and then I started showing it also to friends, and 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 I started doing that. But in 2014, uh, that's all I knew wh- how what to do with automation. I mean, the only thing, the only service you could buy from me at that time, basically, uh, at the beginning was was connecting the autoresponder to go to webinar. So I was, I really was a one-trick pony at that time. But I can tell you that, you know, six years later, um, I still feel that every day we're discovering uh, new new business challenges and new solutions and new tools that help us overcome these challenges. So um, you don't have. I always tell my students, you don't have to start complicated. Start with solving a real-world problem. And if the solution is complicated and, you know, you get to sit till 5 a.m. and building the automation with Zapier, with Integromat, with the other tools, with Airtable, that's great. That's cool. Uh, but even if the solution is really, really simple, but you end up solving a real problem for the end client, that's amazing. And how, uh, how did the automation that you uh, built your wife six years ago Uh, helped her uh, was it like uh, like in in what percentage can you say it was helpful for her business back then I can say that um, like I said I started doing with her business then I started doing with like friends and colleagues and with one of them we really did uh, perform an a b test so uh, he had a campaign um, Actually, he ran the same campaign uh, twice within a span of, I think, three to four months. And one of the, and it was a very straightforward campaign. They, it had a, a, a landing page, some videos, and he invited people to register to a webinar. And uh, then in the webinar, he, he would make an offer. Some would buy and some would go to follow-up calls. Um, and we did, he, he did one campaign ju- just the way I, I, I mentioned here. Uh, where they were actually sending the 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 go to webinar registration link to everyone right before the webinar and the other campaign um they did with automation so the minute they signed into the autoresponder they also auto automatically signed them to go to webinar through zapier through the automation uh, we developed for zapier um and the difference and and it was amazing because we really had an opportunity to look at the same campaign same audience same same marketing budget Within a span of several months, one with the with no automation, one with this very, very tiny automate. It's even funny to mention it as an automation today because we're doing so much more complex stuff. Um, but um, the, the difference was he was selling uh, um, a, a, a training program that I think cost around uh, 3,000 shekels. And the difference in sales between these two campaigns was close to 10,000 shekels. 
which is about three to four, three new clients or so, three or four new new clients. Um, and the only difference it was the same audience, same size or same marketing campaign is that we just introduced this one tiny automation with uh, reducing double registration. So what we basic what what we actually did was um, we we just reduced the uh, the spillage, you know, like you have in uh, in a, um, like like you have water spillage, uh, uh, whatever things are. You have leads spilling whenever you you take them from stage to stage in your marketing funnel. That was exactly what was happening to them with the with the double registration for the webinar. That's amazing, and that's only shows how with one simple automation you can do all kinds of crazy things. And also, uh, my tip for the listeners is to get extremely creative with the tools that you can use because you can use automation that will be like a Chrome plugin, like a Chrome extension, or maybe it will be in your CRM. For example, we use Active Campaign for our newsletter, but they have like built-in automations that are mind-blowing, extremely useful. And Zapier, Intergramat. Don't think about the tools too much, as David said. Try to start with the problem and then with the solution, and then try to build the the uh, the automation solution for it, and that will help you to simplify all of that kind of stuff. Now, David, I remember that uh, when when I just started uh, learning uh, from you. And one of the sentences that I remember extremely well is that you told me that there isn't something as powerful as the combination of copywriting and automations. And I couldn't agree more. Uh, it's it's stuck, it's stuck with me since then. Yeah. Like it was maybe one year ago when I was a student. And so tell us more about that for our, our listeners that are writers. Well, um, as writers, I think... Um, um, I, I call uh, copy and writing and automation uh, two twins that were separated at birth because, um, you know, when, you, when you're writing great content, and we actually did, uh, you and I did like an hour's uh, worth of session in Hebrew on that, um, I think two months ago or so. When you're writing, when, when you're writing great content, um, the best thing that could happen is that this content reaches the right person at the right time. Because if you're writing, if you're writing amazing content and it, it reaches uh, the right person, but when he's not uh, ripe to 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 see it yet, to consume it yet, then he'll probably go over and say, "Yeah, okay, sure, I'll read that later." And no one does that. And um, when you think about how can I how can I track when someone is is in the right state or or ripe enough to read my 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 content, it's something that's very very hard to do manually. Uh, you want to start uh, uh, leading people through some sort of journey where they see uh, maybe something small and then maybe something a, a bit bigger and then and maybe they're your main piece now of uh, that speaks to a certain subject, but you cannot follow their or track their progress if if you don't do that somehow um, uh, in a way that 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 is both personal to that to that person. You know, you and I can even start the same funnel or go to the same website, but we want to see uh, different things. Um, but you also need it to be scalable because if, if I, as a content writer, needed to manage, okay, what piece of content will Yuval get now? What piece of content will David get now? It, it's, it's pretty impossible to manage. And so automation really helps you get the, the, um, help the right person 
get the right piece of content when, when he's ready for it. Now, the criteria for when are they ready for it is up to us to decide, right? We're the funnel designers or we're the process designers. So we decide when this specific piece of content is it should be suitable for that person. And we could, you know, start with... Uh, um, uh, 60% certainty and have that rise up the more I track my funnel and see what gets people uh, to perform in action or to convert. But um, I really see uh, content and automation being very, very uh, um, important to each other because if I'm like if I'm writing get great content and it doesn't reach the right person, it's like I'm it, it's not it's like writing for myself, right? So I get high on my own content, but it doesn't serve any business purpose. But if, and if I and the flip side, if I build a great automation, but it runs, you know, in my active campaign, it runs in my uh, in my CRM, it runs in Integromat, in Zapier, or whatever. Um, but the end client doesn't see any piece of content that speaks to him. Then I just build an automation. It's, it's like a robot without a soul, right? Um, I, I don't. I I have a great process running. But at the end, the person who's who's experiencing will not be experiencing my zaps or my automation. He will be experiencing what my specific my my specific and accurate content uh, should do for him. Um, so I think you, you said something very important a few minutes ago. You said you have to ignore in order to uh, to, uh, to to build the the, uh, the automation that's that, that's suitable for you or for for the flow you're trying to build. You have to put aside the tools. You have to put aside the knowledge. You have to put aside the what's possible and just start fantasizing what would I want to do. Now, uh, a lot of people will hear that and say, well, but what's the use of fantasizing if, if I can build that or if, or if building that requires like uh, a very, very complex integration that's going to be very expensive. Well, you can always um, start downgrading your fantasies to, uh, to a level that, that, that has an ROI. Uh, but you have to ignore what's possible and what what the, what can the tools do, uh, because if you if you're aiming for a hundred percent, but then you only perform eighty, it's better than asking what can the tools do. And, and most of us, most of the people who are not automation people, they're not aware of everything that the tools can do, right? Because they don't study that every day. Uh, so they aim for forty percent, and they get that. So I'd rather. You aim high and 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 have to downgrade that a bit for for cost reasons. Then aim low and 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 uh, complete one hundred percent of of what you aim for. Um, so I think it's it's really um, it really is taking understanding that automation and content go hand in hand and they're always uh, climbing up uh, the spiral together. But also really not asking is this possible at all until you finish uh, creating the blueprint. Then start asking, is it possible? Then start doing the tool discovery, the exploration. Uh, that, that's a good time to do that. That's a very good tip because my biggest problem is that I start with the solution. I think, okay, what I can do here? And I try to find something that uh, would work. And then uh, I just I never stop to do that pl- blueprint that you're talking about. And I, I should, I should. Because then I could get much more creative, like with all of the things that I could uh, do. Uh, so yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll try to be better than that. Um, we're about to finish our interview, and I want to ask you. And so we have many people that are beginners that just want to start uh, using that kind of stuff. I know about people that, you know, using different tools to. 
I don't know, connecting like weather APIs so it will match their lighting at homes and stuff like that. So I don't know. What will be uh, great resources uh, to start with for people that just getting into the field? Like maybe, um, maybe a book, if you can recommend a book, but if not a book, so like a blog or a podcast or something that you can recommend for us uh, to learn from. Sure. Um, so first of all, there's a great uh, podcast called Get Automated. Uh, mm-hmm. with a guy called Kelsey Bratcher. I really like he, he has, I think, around 80 episodes all around mm-hmm. automations and tools and interviews. He, I, I was interviewed there, I think. Twice. Episodes. Yeah, twice. Episodes. I listened to both of your episodes over there. <laughs> the second one, I have, to, I have to warn everyone ahead of time. The second one is really long. We just opened the microphone and started talking. I think we realized we're at about two hours when we finished. Um, yeah, yeah. And just imagine he's in the US, I'm in Israel. I think it was like 10 p.m., when we finished, I was, I was exhausted, uh, but uh, it, it's, it's a good podcast, Get Automated. Um, also, if you want uh, to really get to know a bit, the, the two leading um, uh, no-code integration platforms are Zapier and Integromat. Uh, for everyone in the audience who speak, who's, who's Hebrew speaking, I, I also have a Zapier course that's 100% free. You can download and, and start, um, start learning it. Uh, there's also both both platforms have their own academy or their own course on uh, on, on how to use their their specific platforms. So I, I suggest getting to know those. Um, and also, um, you know, thinking about about blogs that are uh, that are more speaking about the, the strategic aspect or, or content that speaks more of the strategic aspect of uh, of stuff. Um, there's a book, I forgot his name right now. Uh, I think it's called Clockwork. That speaks a lot about systemizing your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, at the end, automation is, is, is um, you know, it starts with, with, with systemizing and then getting it to work and living in not just, a, not just a, like a, a blueprint of an idea. So really think about systemizing. So Clockwork is, is, is a good book for that. Um, and really also check out the Zapier blog. They have great content about tools, about, uh, um, about really how, how to look at process and how, uh, and how to automate them. So uh, Very cool. I, I think Zapier is such an interesting company. Uh, they also started the whole remote culture thing like back in 2011, I think. So that's, yeah, they were uh, always a fully remote company. Super interesting company. So uh, yeah, definitely check their... Uh, academies uh, and one last question that I want to ask thank you by the way I will check also Clockwork I never heard about it and I will uh, I will check it out I agree with the idea of like building systems uh, around your uh, business because like I find myself like having automations for like two years old automation it's like they're <laughs> dusty already it's interesting you you open them up and you're like oh i did it that's, oh. that's brilliant. <laughs> so uh, i'll share with you that a year and a half ago um my wife closed her photography studio uh we had a, a baby born she wanted to be more more with her and uh um at, at the same not at that stage but i think maybe a year later uh I went to Zapier and I started closing all the automations that we had. Now I'm talking about a lot of automations. Just imagine this: this is the playground where we played, and 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 now we we implement those stuff, those things for for big companies now. Right now, so 
um, it was really the, the, the playground and it helped her business grow a lot um, when, when it was active. But I was looking at the at the uh, at the zap at the zaps the automation that, that I uh, um, built at that time in 2014 2015 up until I think two th- summer 2016 Zapier uh, you can only build like one step automations. Oh, that's so great! One trigger, one action, and I had wow. to do all, all sorts of you know scripts in Google Sheets to continue the flow. Now, now it has a multi step and and also Integromat yeah. has a very complex canvas to work on. But I was really looking at the automation that I built like you know five six years ago, and I was like, oh my god, who who built these horrifying things? Because we're so much more advanced in how we look at the processes today, but. But at, at the bottom line, it worked. It helped her increase her business. It helped her manage it uh, with a very, very good customer experience with a very small team. So, um, yeah, and so, uh, you know, uh, it it's really is just a matter. Just get started with anything. It's so easy now. It's so accessible now. Just start building whatever. Just start building something that saves you uh, uh, sending an email each morning to whomever. Just do that. Get that out of the way. And you'll you'll get addicted pretty soon. I agree, and uh, I have another question, more uh, personal question, and I'll start with sharing uh, my story first. I want to ask about an, uh, one failure that you had in automations, and I have a really funny story about that first. That I built that like email sequence, and I found it's really slick and cool, and. Um, the problematic part about failing in automations is that many times the people that will tell you about it is your users and, and people <laughs> that actually got uh, the problem because it's really hard to notice, at least on my end, because I'm probably less um, organized. Anyway, I found myself just sending, I think it was like five emails at a time uh, to a list of thousands of people. It's, it was bad. It was really, really bad. Uh, so that's my automation failure. Do you have any like funny or interesting failure story in your career that you can uh, talk about? Well, first of all, we had a lot of failures, right? Um, I, and and I'll, I can share a few. Uh, glad I'll probably we'll probably end recording this po- podcast and we'll, we'll shut down the microphone and say, "Oh my God, how come I didn't tell the story of this and that?" But I can tell you on. Uh, of, on the first webinar that I did that spoke about automation, this is 2014. I did it to a small, uh, um, a small group of business owners. I want them look. Uh, this is the, look. Look what you can do with automation. It was on a platform that's not even Zapier and Terminal. I, I showed them if if this than that. It's a small platform. It's a it's a free platform. You can do. It's more focused on uh, on home automation now and Internet of Things. Uh, but at the time, it was like uh, uh, yeah, Ift and Zapier were the two leading platforms, only platforms. Yeah, I remember that. So I did a webinar and I want to show people, look, uh, I, I can open a Facebook page and I can, I can post uh, something to my Facebook page. And look, I, uh, I build an automation that automatically uploads it to WordPress. And look, and I can also do the other way. I can do whenever I have a new WordPress post. Um, um, create a new Facebook uh, a post on on on, uh, on the Facebook page. And I was explaining and showing it, and then during the webinar, uh, I was seeing that I'm suddenly getting uh, like an explosion of posts on on the Facebook page. Like every post is duplicated so many times, and I was like, "What's going on here?" And it took me a while to realize that I created an infinite loop. 
because <laughs> something got uploaded. I uploaded something to Facebook and automation took it to WordPress. Then I had an automation that from WordPress uh, created a new post in Facebook. So I really created an infinite. Good thing that it was and it was my first webinar. So, but a good thing it wasn't something uh, for a client. Um, we had a lot. <laughs> we had a lot of mess ups, a lot of screw ups in, uh, with automation. We had uh, clients getting like multiple uh, text messages. We had, um, um, uh, you know. Uh, 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 Data getting duplicated in the CRM and, and have to to tell salespeople, uh, don't look at this, don't look at that, or or um, we, we really really had a lot. But I think the most interesting um, is really is actually something that can be very uh, related to to whoever is listening to it because you are working with content designers and content creators. Um, one of our clients is uh, is um, is a publisher. A magazine publisher here in, here in Israel, and we spoke about it briefly before the podcast. That um, we actually we did some work on on sales automation with them. It was great. It was and we had great chemistry there with with the, with the management team. And at some point, they said, "Listen, we want to we want to uh, leverage automation to uh, to uh, get to get to get uh, better deals with our. I mean, to close more advertisers." Uh, for our magazines, for our online, online platforms. And we really started a, a, a project with them that was based on both content and automation. We had, uh, I brought in a content writer and he studied the material and it didn't work. They weren't responding to the content. We did some sort of pilot. It did not work. I mean, uh, no one was responding. We were sending out personalized text messages. We were automating that with the CRM. Nothing. It didn't work. And we, and, and we stopped the project uh, midway, actually. Um, but what happened, and, and really, I carried it on my back uh, for a while, really as a failure that, that didn't sit well with me because uh, we ended up not, not, uh, not delivering, uh, also not getting paid, but it was okay because we quit, quit the project. Uh, both sides agreed that it's not working. But the most interesting thing was that during the COVID the quarantine, the, um, uh, they actually started adapting some some of the principles that we brought to our work together on how to look at the automation, how to look at the process, and started building the automations themselves with no-code platforms, with their email marketing tool, and with the content that they know and they create, and with their very, very unique and deep knowledge of the clients and what the clients are looking for. They had an amazing success. Amazing. They really... Uh, they they had uh, it, it, they had an explosion in the number of subscribers and uh, it, it's for a pr it's for a printed magazine right you have to understand people are saying print is dead so they had an explosion of people really wanting to subscribe to the magazine because they did very very smart work with their content and with automation so that kind of helped me uh, clear the, uh, the 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 failed project off my back and because because uh, the the CEO of the company said. I took the principles from our work together. And I just applied it in in in, in uh, on our continent and with our knowledge of the client. Um, but we have we had we had so many fails. Sometimes you have a genius idea and you say, "Oh my God!" You wake up in the morning, you have, "Oh my God!" I'll build this funnel. I'll do that. And I built once for for my wife's studio, like a quiz, like what type of it was for family uh, uh, photo uh, photography sessions. Uh, what type of family are you? And I built something very uh, funny, I thought, that segmented them for several, uh, like three types of families, and each one got a different offer, and it was with survey uh, survey funnels. 
SurveyFound was the platform and, uh, le- and the landing page of the CRM and call. And I thought it was a genius piece of, uh, a genius piece of, of, of marketing funnel. It was a flop, right? It, it generated zero leads. But the most important stuff, and I think this is something good to finish with, um, the no-code uh, revolution and the, and the no-code ecosystem allows you to fail fast and move on to the next big thing. So this really is another reason to, to really adopt it. And just being agile didn't work fine. Throw it aside, start something new. It's okay. I agree. And if you make a mistake, it's okay also uh, to be honest with your clients or with the people, apologize, tell them, hey, I thought it's going to work. I tried this thing out. It didn't work out. Uh, I had a bug. Happens. Sorry. Let's move forward. Uh, because at the end, all of us just want to give value to our clients and users. And uh, exactly. that's what what's important the most if we have that in mind. So nothing else uh, matters if you fail. So it's all good. And David, listen, thank you so much. I had a lot of fun talking to you today. Uh, people would like to find you online probably after this talk. So what would be the best way to reach out to you? Just reach out on Facebook, on LinkedIn, David Zisner. Not many, uh, not, not many Zisners out there, uh, but you can <laughs> find me. Show notes. <laughs> Feel free to reach out. Uh, um, thanks for having me, Yuval. It was a pleasure. Of course, of course. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot, as usual. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for coming. And I wish you uh, have a really calm time now with all of the crazy things happening in the world and uh, I think for no quarters that's an actually a really good time to 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 work so I, I wish you a lot of uh, a new Jewish year happy new Jewish year and uh, great uh, projects and fun projects as well thank you cool thanks okay. bye bye everyone ciao